Good morning, everyone. Please be seated. Come on, Tina. I finally got my spouse with me. For those of you that not, have not met her, this is my wife, Tina. And we just celebrated 52 years of marriage this month. Woo! And I got the ring to prove it. And the other ring. She said, you're going to buy another ring. I said, why? She goes, because you want to want one on both hands. I'm just kidding. I know sure. you're kidding. You know what? I got really excited this morning. We were talking a little bit yesterday at a study about the 400 years that the people of God were in bondage. And when they escaped, when they were set free, the bondage was still in their head. It was still in their mind. That's all they knew. So they instantly went backwards instead of forwards. But you know, I was reminded as well, the powerful thing of that is, is that the bones of Joseph were carried out of bondage. And sometimes we look at the bones as a negative thing because one of the things that we've been studying is that grandpa's still in your, Jesus might be in your heart, but grandpa's still in your bones. And they say that in a negative way there because our soul, our mind doesn't want to change as quick as our spirit man came alive the second we trusted Jesus. But those bones came out of Egypt in the positive sense. The other ones might have backslid all of them through the desert. For all those years in the desert, they couldn't make it, but the bones came out. And what does it say in Ezekiel? Speak to the bones. Live. Live. Speak to the bones. We need to line up the word of God with the spirit of God, with the mouth of God. And we are speaking to the bones. Come alive. God has power for us. We can raise the dead today with our mouths when we stop acting like those that have come out of the, the Egypt, <laughs> right? Right? That's not an easy task because this is the scripture I woke up to this morning. My highlighter was in chapter 16 of, of Ezekiel, and it says in verse 3, my, my Lord commanded me, son of man, make, confront Jerusalem, contend with her shocking actions. And I, that's not even the one I wanted to read, but it's the bottom of it. It says, you won't be able to shake your pagan heritage. He knew that they couldn't shake their pagan heritage until you go into Zechariah chapter 4, 6, and 7, and it says, dig down deep. Speak to the mountain. Grace, grace to the mountain. I need your grace, God. And you speak to the mountain, and you quarry out. Do you think whoring out is going to be easy? we got to dig deep into this word, change our mindset, quarry out the cornerstone because we are standing on rocky ground. we got to quarry out the cornerstone. And as we do that, the power of God is resting on these bones. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's it. That's it. Keep on preaching, girl. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, we're having a great time this summer. Thanks, Pastor, for bringing us back one last time or one more time. I think this is my last time this summer. But uh, we live in perpetual summer, and uh, as things start to change, we'll start to drift, and we go south for the winter, just like all the little birdies go south. But I want to read John chapter 1 and verse 1 before my message, really. This is an insight that God gave me this morning as well. He said, that which was from the beginning. And I love that because John is giving us insight that there is a starting place. There's always a starting place. And so go back to your starting place with God. Where where did you start? Did you have first love? Yeah, that place. Go back there from the beginning, which we have heard. Now watch the intimacy that he had developed. Which we've heard. And which we've seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. That tells me <clears throat> that the apostles were very intimate with God. And I want to invite all of us this morning to handle him. Touch him. Hear him. Feel his movement. Say, Father, I want to be that close to you. I don't want to be at a distance. I want to be that close to you. I think 
could put it this way, what Tina was saying about the bones of Joseph, the structure that came out of Egypt, that we can speak to those bones come alive in us. But I don't know who was carrying them. Who was carrying Joseph's bones? I mean, can you imagine? Hey, Lou, yeah, you got the bag of the bones today. I'm like, all right, give them to me, throw them on my back, and I'm walking through the desert, clangy, 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 clangy. Say, what do you got in the bag? Well, they're just the bones of Joseph. You know, can you imagine? I mean, it was a reality. They carried those bones. The carrying of the structure that we can speak to that will come alive and become a mighty army in our life and in our family. It's, it's a blessing today that we have before the Lord. I tell you, it's so wonderful. Thank you, Tina, for that word. Hey, I got to tell you a little uh, funny story. Maybe you've heard it already, but a little boy uh, had a conversation with his dad. and He said, Dad, I've decided to get married. He's four years old. And his uh, father said, wonderful. Do you have a girl in mind? He goes, yeah, grandma. She loves me. She plays with me. She cooks for me. She tells the best stories in the world. Dad said, well, that's nice, but we have a small problem, son. What problem? The boy said, well, see, you can't marry my mother. And he said, why not? You married mine. <laughs> okay. I thought that was cute. I want to share with you today, just for a few minutes, steadfast in a changing world. Our world is changing very fast. Who would have thought, right? Who would have thought that you can go to movies and Hollywood and it's normal now to see on this big screen the imprints in our souls of Barbie now, a man, you see, there is change all around us politically, socioeconomically, in governments. There are threats on the earth. North Korea said by the end of the century, the United States will be annihilated, no longer be a, a country. That was released this morning. So we have all of these threats, all of this change that's around us, and yet Paul wrote in Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, these words. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. So in the midst of all of the upheaval and the change and the movements and the arguments and the conflicts, Paul declares... Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, he was writing to the church at Corinth because they had left some of the early doctrines. They were confused about whether or not Jesus actually rose from the dead or he did not. And so they were arguing about it. They were arguing about communion and what it meant. And, and Paul had to write and tell them to be steadfast, stand fast upon the doctrine that you had received when I preach to you, like for example, in 1 Corinthians 16, one more chapter over, verses 13 to 14, he said this, watch, stand fast in the faith. Then he said, be brave, be strong, let all that you do be done with love. I like that word, be, because in the original Greek it means this, be continuous without interruption. So without interruption, bravery. Without interruption, love. Without interruption, I watch and I stand fast in faith. I woke up this morning and I had a resolve in my spirit. And you've got to get this today. You have to get this because world is changing at a fast pace. But I woke up this morning and I said, I will continue without interruption to be steadfast in my faith. I will not be moved. The word move in 1 Corinthians 15, let nothing move you. It comes from a Greek word, kinos, K-I-N-O-S. And it means cam cinema 
or moving pictures. Isn't that interesting? Let nothing be like a cinema on your soul. Why do you think media is so powerful? Because it creates images that burn in our mind, in our thinking. Images that burn in our hearts, in our spirits. And it alters our behavior. It moves us away from steadfast faith in God. You say, well, I don't understand it. Why why do people say, well, I'm not going to go see that movie or I'm not going to watch that in my house. There's a reason for that. Because we don't realize the power of images that are burned into our soul which are in conflict, come on now, conflict with the images from heaven. God's plan for your life. The world we live in is so unstable. Constant state of motion. We believe one thing one day. We believe another thing the next day. And these movies are in conflict with God's script. God's script basically is Psalm 139. I know. He said to Jeremiah, the plans that I have for you. He has written them in a book. He has declared who we are from the foundations of the earth. He's given the Holy Spirit the power to interpret the book that has been written to read to us that we might rehearse the script and play out our calling on the earth. But the enemy wants to introduce another script. He wants to introduce a false script, a narrative that comes from this world. And we have adopted it, and we're like players in the play of the enemy. And I'm thinking, no, wait a minute here. I'm going to wake up. The bones of Joseph, the structure that God gave us, being steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Be strong means this, to stand firmly fixed. Firmly fixed in a place or to be determined. That's what Paul said, I am determined to know nothing among you save the Lord Jesus Christ. Determined. You can't pollute my mind with gossip about another brother. I'm determined to know only one thing about my brother, and that's Jesus Christ is in his heart. See, we can't allow the script to be changed. Can't change the script on me. Because I'm determined, I'm strong, I'm firmly fixed. And I have a no-quit attitude. Secondly, be steady. Being steady actually means this. One is not capable of being moved. You can't move me off of my spot with God. I'm fixed, determined, strong. It is those coaches that take players with similar talent and skill to the next level who help them understand that they're better, more equipped, bigger hearts. You have the determination and the desire to win. And when you get a coach like that, you go out on the field and believe you can do anything. You believe you can run through the block. You can believe you can run through those who are trying to oppose you. You believe you can score when everybody says it's impossible because there's something in you that drives you. In Christianity, we've got to get our drive back. We've got to get our steadfastness back. We need to get our immovability back. Becoming strong and steady will give you Fully to the work of the Lord. Fully to the work of the Lord. See, it's sort of like the play. I call the play as a coach, but you don't have a steadfastness and a determination as a player. And even though the play is marvelous, the play is the thing that we needed to win, to score, to to get the game in our favor... But because you lack determination, you lack steadfastness, you lack that immovability, you're defeated before you even go back out on the court. And here's what it says. He tells us you can be committed fully to the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord. What is the work of the Lord? 
Are you the one that we're looking for? They asked Jesus. He said, go back and tell John. Go back and tell John what? The deaf hear, the dead raised, the blind see. In other words, I am present among you. And these are the evidences of it. This is the work that I have come to accomplish on the earth. God's called all of us to that work. That is the work of the church. The work of the church isn't just to knit quilts and give them to the homeless. I, don't get me wrong. It's good. Matthew 25, when you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. But God has given us the work of heaven to be performed. But if we're not steady, if we're not strong, we can't do the work of the Lord. We have to get our, our vision in line with heaven's vision. Now, why is that? Because God's looking for a person he can send into the moment. You know, we are in moments all the time. You either step into them or you step away from them. Or you don't even recognize that they're there. Oblivious to the opening of the kingdom in that moment. You see, you and I have been called like Isaiah. Chapter 6, verse 8, Message Bible says this. Look, the coal has touched your lips. Gone is your guilt. Gone is your sins. Wiped out. And then I heard the voice of the master. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah responded, I'll go. Send me. It's hard to have that resolve to say, I'll go. Send me. If you're not a steady Eddie. If you're not strong in the Lord and the power of his might. If you don't believe you can win. If you don't believe that you've been called from heaven. If you don't have the bag of bones on your back as you walk. You're not going to believe that you've been called from the foundation of the world. Come on. For do the work of the Lord fully. And here's what this enemy of ours is doing. He's creating these cinemas. Kinos, movement. He is moving a generation away from truth. I saw a video recently of two homosexual males, young men, talking on a video. And they, uh, their audience was parents. And they were speaking about their lifestyle and their choice. And they said, we know that you all are haters. But it's okay. You can hate if you want to. Because we're coming for your children. We're going to teach your children in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. And by the time they become adults, they'll love what we are. There's a strategy. I mean, I'm not trying to... Speak negative about the movie Barbie. I mean, it's got this, you know, you, you think of Barbie and you think of dolls and kids playing and all of that. But there's a strategy behind that movie. It's to move people away from truth by putting an imprint on your soul. Do you remember in 1 Peter what Bible says about Lot? He lived in Sodom. Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you remember? He lived in Sodom. But the Bible said that his righteous soul was tormented every day by what he saw. Do you follow what I'm saying? The images on his soul brought torment to him. So you see, we are called to be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil in the Lord is not in vain. Not in vain is a very important word. The word vain there means this. 
without real significance, value, or importance. It's baseless or worthless. How is it that the enemy has convinced us as the church that what we do is worthless, baseless, lacks significance or value, or of no importance? It's a vain thought. God said, it's not in vain. It is of importance. It is significant. What you are doing is eternal. It is something that has great value. When you all were praying up here on the altar, it wasn't just a religious activity. It was a connection with heaven. The words that were two or three agree touching anything shall be done. So when we're praying and we're reaching out a hand to those in agreement in prayer, we're celebrating significance, importance, value, eternal thought that's being established in a life of a person. It's so exciting. That's why you and I today can understand by serving, we are fulfilling God's purpose for our life. God created you with specific purpose. There's no one like you. No one. You are unique. And God has a ministry plan for you. Here's what it says in Ephesians 2, verse 10. New Living Translation. Can you put it up? For we are God's masterpiece. Look at someone next to you and say, hey, masterpiece. Come on. You are God's masterpiece. He says there in the scripture that because you are a masterpiece. Why? The word masterpiece, God's masterpiece, not your own, God's, is the same word we get poem from. You are God's poem. And a poem is formulated with what we call rhythm. In essence, you are God's rhythm. And rhythm is what is sound that fills the beats. And rhythm, rhythmos in the Greek, means flow. We are God's masterpiece. We're God's rhythm. We are God's flow on the earth. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do what? The good things. <laughs> I'm doing good things. I'm doing good things that he's planned for us long ago. I'm doing good things. Wow, awesome. Don't allow the enemy to play a movie in your soul that conflicts with the truth from heaven. Ephesians 5 and 16 tells us to redeem the time. To redeem something means to buy it back. To regain possession of it. Redeem the time. Buy it. You know when I see movies, I often don't watch a movie if it's three hours long. I'm like, I don't want to give no three hours of that. It's not even that, it doesn't even interest me that much. It tells me how long it is. And when I sit myself down before that movie, I am buying time. I am redeeming time. God says, redeem the time. Buy the time. Place yourself in the moment. Get engaged in the movement of the moment because you're my rhythm. You're my flow. You're my sound from heaven that I have created from the foundations of the earth. You are what bring the melody and harmony to this situation. Some people don't have no rhythm. Have you ever tried to... Do you ever see somebody that doesn't have rhythm? 
They can't follow a beat. They're like, they try to dance. It's like, just sit down, just sit down. You, they can't feel the movement of the song. They can't feel the flow. That's like some Christians that just aren't understanding the calling of God upon them. You got to get your rhythm. You got to get your heavenly sound going. And when you get the heavenly sound, when you get when you get a when you get rhythm in your mind, you know what it does? It it kind of have you ever got a song in your mind and you can't get it out of your head? I got sunshine on a cloudy day. My girl. Woo! Talking about my girl. I got sunshine. Right? Right, Come on. When you get that song in your head, you know what I do? I just don't hear it. I start to sing it. And you know what it does when I sing it? It makes me want to go kiss her. When you get the rhythm of heaven, when you get the sound of heaven, when you get the, 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 the forecast of heaven, when you get God's plan from heaven, it's like a rhythm to you, and it will overtake you, and you can't get it out of your head. That's why the enemy wants to put these jingles in your head. Have it your way, have it your way, or whatever other jingle, so that you'll keep singing it, and that you'll be playing it, because if you play it and sing it and think it, you're going to eat it. God knows that too. God knows that too. The sound from heaven. Father, let us have ears to hear the sound from heaven. Number two, I only have three points. Halfway there. By serving, you can reflect God's glory. I want to reflect God's glory. When we remain steady and unmovable, Everybody around us gets a picture of what the father is like. You're playing a movie that they want to see. It's the cinema of heaven. The curtains of heaven rolled back and the glory of the Lord being manifest through you. The joy of the Lord. The peace of God. Is your life perfect? Absolutely not. But what do my circumstances have to do with the glory and the joy of the Lord? Nothing. Because God is greater than my circumstances. I've got the proof. i got the bag of bones. i got the stuff, man. I know. I know what I'm carrying. I have legacy. I have heritage. I'm a masterpiece of God. Get out of the way, devil. You can't ruin my day. As we remain steady, 1 Peter 2 and 12 says this in the NIV, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Leave that scripture up there. Watch this. Let's break it down for a second. Live such good lives among the pagans. Pagans? Yeah, there's going to be pagans on the earth till Jesus comes. You'll probably next, live next door to a pagan. You might. You might be even married to one. I don't know, but you might. Come on. It's not bad. That's a good thing. Because the pagan is the object of God's glory. People always say, well, America is going to be saved. I'm like, probably not because the pagans are going to be on the earth. They're going to be shaking their fists at the face of God at the day of Armageddon, the battle of, of the nations against God when he comes back and slays them with the word of his mouth. Pagans are always going to be on the earth, but they're an opportunity for us to display God's glory. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see. See, your good deeds are, are, are visible. They're They're observable. Your good deeds are impactful. Your good deeds are like the effects of a good movie. You remember it. Have you ever watched a movie and it made you cry? 
I have to tell you, we watch some of these chick flicks. Tina want to watch these chick flicks, Hallmark chick flicks. And some of them are really bad. I mean, they're bad, but others are like, I'm like, <sighs> she said, are you crying? I said, no, no. Something in the air. They move you. They move you. You know, it's like that. Run, Forrest, run! You're like, dum, 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 dum. It moves you. Or Rocky, climbing up those steps. Adrian! It moves you. They will see your good deeds and they will be moved by what they see. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? More than any movie. I don't care if it was a Titanic or Forest or any of those movies, those classics that we remember those images. They moved us to tears. They moved us to laughter. They moved us to sadness or loss. We walk out of the, th- the theater and we're all like, oh my gosh, what did I just see? Like the sound of music. And you're so moved by that to say, two million children are being trafficked? It moves you. It places an image on you. This is what you and I have opportunity to do is to reflect God's glory. Number three, by serving we contribute to eternity. God takes the ministry we do and he uses it to influence the course of eternity in the souls of others. That's powerful. It's like a collision, an intersection. When they meet you at Walmart, it's like they had a head-on collision with eternity. Man, what just hit me? You did. You jolted me. Your ministry was used to influence my course of action. Have you ever seen those movies of the, of the, of the meteor that's about to hit Earth, and they have to shoot a rocket to, to change its trajectory? You're, you're the rocket. When you come in contact with someone who's still a pagan, you're the rocket. You're changing their direct trajectory. Where are they headed? Hell! Hell! A fast-paced, one-lane road to eternal separation from God. That's where they're going. But when they come in contact with you, because you're steadfast, immovable, you're going to be moved by them. You're going to move them. You're not going to move me. I'm going to move you. <laughs> and the reason why I want to collide with you is to change your course, your direct trajectory, your direction to miss hell and find heaven. That is a wonderful opportunity that you and I have as Christians. Thank you, Jesus. Your movie is so good, it makes everybody want to go see it. When I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness, it makes me want to shout. I I look back, I look back at what I was. I'm like, Jesus, how did you even want to save that? I'm thankful, God. You're so good. God, you have been so merciful. Father, thank you. Oh, my goodness, thank you. He's calling you for that. And all you have to do is say, yes, Yes. That's all you got to do is say, yes, yes, yes. I'll say yes, yes, yes. Now, maybe you didn't get the words yet, but here they are. I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes, Lord. 
I'll say yes, yes, yes. Now you got the words down? That's what God's asking for, your yes. Not maybe. I'll see my schedule next week and I'll let you know, big guy. He's just saying, say yes. That's what Isaiah did. He said, yes. Put this quote up, please. Our greatest fear should not be failure, but succeeding in something that really doesn't matter. I don't want to succeed in temporal, elementary things of this world and think I've accomplished something Our greatest fear shouldn't be, I might fail, but it should be, what if I succeed at something that doesn't matter? You know, we have these oppositions to one another by political party or by issues, one, two, or 51, or six, or whatever number they put on it, like you're for it, I'm against it. I won, you lost, ha ha. That's not success because you won. Because what you won doesn't really matter if they go to hell. You see, our greatest fear should not be failure, but succeeding at something that doesn't have any eternal value. That really doesn't matter. Rick Warren, pastor at, well, he's retired now at Saddleback Community Church out in California, said this, Ministry is more than an opportunity of a lifetime. God offers you an opportunity beyond your lifetime. Every moment, every day that we live is opportunities that go beyond our life on earth. Beyond. Did you think for one minute you're going to live forever? Some 70, by strength 80. One lady I saw recently, she lived to 112. I don't want to do that. I want to be with Jesus earlier than that. But listen, all of us, one day we'll be in heaven before Jesus. And you say, Marlon, baby, Marlon, you did it. Give me some. Wow. He's going to be so happy. He's going to say, I'm going to pass out some rewards. He's going to give you gold, silver, and precious stones. He's going to give that to you and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And when you receive those, you forge them into a crown. And like the songwriter said, crown him with many crowns. He'll come in and you'll see him the first time face to face. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. And you'll bow and you'll take that crown off of your head and you'll lay at his feet. For he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't want a thimble-sized crown with one jewel. Nor do I want wood, hay, or stubble. That's what God said he'll do. He'll say, some of you will get wood, hay, and stubble. But wood, hay, and stubble will not last the fire of God's presence. It'll be burned up. And while everybody's worshiping Jesus, laying their crowns at his feet, you'll be standing there going, well, I'm not, I, I left mine. I left mine at home. No, you never... You never served him to create opportunity beyond your lifetime. That's why serving is so vital. Five key phrases from our text. I close with this. Be steady. If I can pray anything for you here in this location, be steady. Number two, be immovable. 
Now, I know this, that people come to churches and people go to churches. So just because you're not in this church all the time doesn't mean that you're not steady. I get that. What I'm talking about, immovability, is not getting out of these pews. I'm talking about don't get out of his kingdom. Be immovable. If I see you 10 years from now, I want you to say, praise the Lord to me. I want you to say, you want to say oh, I love Jesus. And I want you to say, hey, man, I love him too. That's what I want you to say. I say, well, I don't go to church anymore. I gave up on all that. I did this, and God never answered my prayer. I'm mad at God. And some person will encourage you. That's okay, because God understands. Now, you need to carry the bag around for a while. You need to put that on your shoulders and understand what it took to get you where you were. Understand the price that he paid and the love that he has and the depth that he has for you and your, your family and your life. Always abounding. Not just getting by. I'm talking about abounding. Like, I got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? And it's bubbling up inside of me. Bubbling, 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 bubbling. What is it? Bubbling in my soul. Bubbling. You got these bubbles coming out of your mouth. Because you feel the presence of God. Abounding. Knowing. Knowing. That's the fourth word. Knowing. Knowing. I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded he is able. How many know God is able? Just lift one hand up to heaven. Close your eyes. Throw your head back. Say, he's able. (laughs) You're able, God. You're able. And then he says this. Come on, worship. Then he says this. Your toil in the Lord is not in vain. Go ahead, play it, play it, play it. Everything you've done, every person you've prayed for, every time you've opened up your Bible in the morning, every time you said, I'm going to believe God in the midst of the trial. And the devil says it's without significance. That's no value in that. It's not important. It's baseless. It's worthless. Lift your hands in the face of the enemy. Lift your hands in the face of trial, in the face of torment, in the face of temptation, and declare, I will bless the Lord, all my soul and all that is within me. I will bless Him. I will bless Him. I will bless Him. I will bless Him. this morning fresh and new do it again do it again thank God I'm all yours whatever you want I want to be in the moment I want to make impact I want to succeed at things that matter Come on, let's all stand up. Turn it up just a little bit. Throw your hands up to heaven and agree with the song. I give myself away. And I say, take me and use me for your glory. Whatever you can do to prove me, do it, God. Oh, Jesus. Yes, oh, my life is not my own. To you I belong. 
So I want to say this, bring that down just a little bit. Listen to me, and I'm going to close with this. Let's make Wycliffe Church on the North Coast a place where love abounds, where people are steady in faith and immovable by the world. Do you believe that? Slip your hand on somebody's shoulder this morning and just begin to pray for them. Pray that they would be steady. Pray that they would be immovable. Pray that they would be brave. Pray that they would be empowered. Pray that they would carry the bones on the back. Pray that they would be those that would declare the word of the Lord to this generation. Pray that they would be filled with the overflowing power of God. Pray that they would have the joy of the Lord. Pray that they would bubble up in their spirit and the presence of God would be strong in their lives day after day after day after day after day. And we thank you, God, because you've given us this moment and you've given us this opportunity. Jesus, Jesus' name. And when you're done praying, would you bow your head with me just for a minute? You say, Lou, I'm here this morning, and man, I want to do and I want what you've been talking about, but to be honest, if I were to die today, I don't know if I'd go to heaven or I'd go to hell. I don't know. Here's the good news you can know. Because the Bible said, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, you can be saved. Woo! You can join the group. You can join the kingdom. You can join the company. And you're just praying before the Lord. You're just closing your eyes before God. And you say, that's me. Hey, Lou, pray for me. I'm going to do that on the count of three. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand up so I can see it. Are you ready? One, two, Three. If you need that prayer, all right, all right. God bless you. God bless you. Put your hands down. Everybody say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I give you my life because you gave your life for me. I receive Jesus as my Savior. You are the Son of God who bore my sin at the cross. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for receiving me. I promise from this day forward that I will live for you. I will live for you with all my heart, all my soul, with all my strength. And I will praise you because you're worthy to be praised. All right, don't wait. You might as well lift your other hand up and just shout and say hallelujah and begin to praise him right there. Go ahead, begin to praise him. Thank you, Lord. We just want to praise you now because you're good to us. I love you, and I thank you. You are so good, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And I just want to reintroduce to you your wonderful pastors, Pastor Marlon and Michelle. Would you close the service, please? Come on, give the Lord a hand right now. Give the Lord a hand right now. He's worthy to be praised, amen? He's so worthy to be praised. I'm telling you, I came in, like I said, with heaviness, but there's freedom in this house today. There's freedom in this house today. Listen, today we're going down to, to Huntington Beach. And I want you guys to come. I want you guys to come. If you've been baptized before, do it again. Ask him to do something in your life again today. He'll do it. Whatever it is that you need, he, he has it. He, he, he's a provider. Amen? And so we're going down there at 3 o'clock to baptize probably about 60 people today. And I want you guys to come join us at 3 o'clock today to just lift your hands up and praise Jesus today as he touches lives and transforms lives. All it takes is one look. All it takes is one touch for him to transform your life completely. Amen? So come down and join us today at 3 o'clock 
Father, we just, let's just lift our hands again. Father, we just thank you right now for all that you're doing in this house today, Father. I pray, Father, that your outstretched arm and your healing hand right now is resting on your people, Father. We just declare healing right now uh, in our bodies, physically in our bodies. We declare healing right now and restoration in our marriages and in our families, Father. We give it all away to you, Father. We surrender it all to you today, Jesus. We can't do it ourselves, Father, but with you, all things are possible. All things are possible, Father. And so we just ask you to lead us, Father. Guide us today. Open up our ears to hear the sound of your voice today. Remove the scales from our eyes today, Father, so that we can see other people the way that you see them, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you today, Jesus. Listen, we want to pray with you guys. We want to pray with you guys. Whatever it is that you need today, I know that he has it. It's in this house today. The spirit of the Lord is resting in here. So if it's, if it's healing that you need, come up. We want to touch you. We want to heal you today. We want to touch and agree today. Amen. If it's, if it's just a restoration or you got heaviness right now, the Lord wants to take that off of you today. We got some of our pastors that are going to be up here. I'll be up here. Pastor Michelle will be up here. We just want to touch and agree with you right now for the provision of heaven in your life. Amen. We thank you guys for being here. Come on, give it up one more time for Dr. Kayton being here in this house today. We've been able to be blessed by the Word of God at least three times this summer. And I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you for both of you. All right. The rest of the summer, we'll be seeing Pastor Tina at Avon Lake, 930. Ladies, go join them. Nine, nine o'clock. This is the last Saturday. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Gas your car up. Get on full and go out and see and experience a touch from heaven. Amen. We want to pray with you today. Thank you guys for being here. Remember to live right. Love everybody and pray hard. We love you guys.